welcome to the Women's Laboratory, giving women around the world a voice. This past Friday was a day many will never forget, where the Supreme Court of the United States actually overturned the precedented Roe versus Wade. On this past Friday, the court voted six to three to uphold Mississippi's ban on abortions past 15 weeks. The court also overturned uh, the 5-4, they overturned ruling 5-4 to overturn Roe versus Wade. In an opinion written by Justice Samuel Alito, he called Roe versus Wade egregiously wrong from the start. According to ABC News, the court took on the issue of abortion by agreeing to hear the case of Dobbs versus the Jackson Women's Health Organization, which challenged Mississippi's ban on abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy. The Jackson Women's Health Organization is the only abortion clinic in Mississippi and is now forced to close. Now, these rulings effectively give the states the freedom to decide on abortion rights. And it is projected that about 50% of the nation's states are expected to ban or heavily restrict abortion. In this edition of the Women's Laboratory, we will talk about how the justices voted and what some said during uh, confirmation. We'll examine that. Uh, first of all, we have uh, Dr. Gail Holness, E. Gail Holness. Uh, and Dr. Holness, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and talk about, um, you, just talk a little bit about uh, who you are, and we'll get into the dialogue uh, once everybody's been, been introduced. That's one of the difficult things is for me to talk about myself. I'll just tell you that I'm a daughter of the soil of South Carolina, born in Columbia, South Carolina, attended Clark College, now Clark Atlanta University, then Howard University School of Law. Upon graduation from law school, I was on the most notorious case in the country at the time, which was the state of Georgia versus Wayne B. Williams, the young man accused of uh, killing the kids and convicted of killing the kids in Atlanta, Georgia, back in the early 80s. I uh, am a graduate of Howard University School of Divinity uh, with a doctorate of ministry as well and I am an AME pastor in Washington DC in the uh, second Episcopal district. I'm a mother of, of, of a minister, uh, Reverend Alley, that most of you know from this broadcast and from Bethel AME and I'm a grandmother of three wonderful children and one son-in-law, Thomas. So here I am. That's me. Awesome. awesome. Thank you, Granny. <laughs> also, <laughs> also, I have uh, Dr. Ashlyn Strozier. Dr. Strozier, um, thank you so much for being a part of this broadcast and uh, wants to talk a little bit about yourself as well. 
Greetings. I am Dr. Ashlyn Strozier. I am professor of religion and women and gender studies and sexuality at Georgia State University. Um, I also am an ordained Baptist minister. I study um, reproductive health in Black women um, at the intersection of faith. Um, I defended my dissertation, which was an ethnographic study of Black women's um, faith and reproductive health decisions, um, which was entitled A Woman is the ethic of freedom um, in this last summer, which was August 2021. Um, I am continuing my research um, around that topic. I'm currently working on a project around Black um, women and the morbidity right here in Atlanta um, and working on a podcast uh, with the University of Virginia, um, moving that conversation into the public sphere. So I work at the intersection around um, reproductive health and Black women in faith um, on a consistent basis. So this is kind of my thing. Um, so I'm just excited to be in the conversation tonight and um, bring the things that I study and love and very am, I am interested in and try to put scholarly work and activism together uh, with my brain and my pen to illuminate ways that we can do this thing better um, and give Black women um, ways in which to live healthier and whole lives um, in this state. All right. All right. Awesome. Awesome. And also we have Imani Murdoch. Imani, I am so excited to have you on this broadcast tonight. And why don't you talk a little bit about yourself and, um, and, and, and uh, what, what you bring to the conversation? Well, thank you for having me. Um, I'm Imani Murdoch. I am a recent graduate of Clark Atlanta University. I graduated in uh, 2021. I got my Bachelor of Arts in History with a minor in political science. I currently uh, work for a labor union as a political and legislative advocacy apprentice. And I'm also a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. I'm so happy to be here and engage in this dialogue because I think it is extremely needed, especially within our community, with everything that's going on um, in the country. It's, it's very much needed. And so I'm just happy to be here. Thank you for having me. All right. All right. Well, and, and thank you for being here. We're going to jump right into this discussion. And as I mentioned earlier, I mean, the, the whole... I guess the, the energy that this discussion brings centers around um, the latest um, ruling by the Supreme Court of the United States reversing the precedent at Roe versus Wade. And, and, and first of though, I wanna get everybody's perspective on um, the, we, we saw earlier about how the justices, um, how, they, how they all voted, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, we had a we had a um, a five to four vote, um, five voted with the majority. We had four um, to vote uh, to dissent, um, with Roberts voting to uphold um, the Mississippi ruling. If I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but then he voted um, to overturn Roe. So in the in the critical one about the overturning Roe versus Wade, um, we had um, Roberts to actually uh, vote on the dissent side. Now many of us watched the confirmation hearings, so we know um, you know some of the things they said, especially um, Coney Barrett, 
And so I'd like to get your your perspective on on this vote and, and what you what do you think about it so far. And and anybody can start out. Anybody can start out. Um, I'll start. So first, um, I'd say I'm not at all surprised by this decision um, because it's a majority conservative um, Supreme Court at the moment, and they are just executing what their base wants. And so I'm not surprised at all. I am disappointed, and we knew that this was coming. There was a leak. I feel like within the time between the leak and when it was actually overturned, there wasn't enough done to try to stop it, um, especially on a national level. I think we had an opportunity to, to we had, we an, had an opportunity to roll, and that didn't work out for us. And so, again, it was just very disappointing to see this as the outcome. But I know this is not the end, and we just have a lot more work to do. I will chime in. Go ahead, um, Dr. Strozer. As a woman, As a woman who has, who's never lived a day without Roe versus Wade, I am still at a loss of words. Um, in transparency, I grew up with a aunt who was an adolescent sexuality um, scholar, specialist, whatever language you want to use. I am still finding it hard to put language and thoughts and feeling around what it means um, for them to have overturned it. Intellectually, I understand what happened. I can chart what happened. I understand we have a conservative Supreme Court, but never have we ever, you know, I sound like a Dr. Seuss book, never have we ever, 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 have we ever seen the courts take away a right that they had given. And secondly, in transparency, as a child of probably the most, the second most polarizing case that the Supreme Court Court has ever ruled on, which was Bush and Gore's um, um, election. And I say as a child of that, because that was the first time that my group could vote, and which is what made us lose the zeal for voting, because our votes didn't count. And the Supreme Court chose who was the president. Here again, you have millennials who are like, here you go. See, see, James Baldwin told you, Jimmy, Uncle Jimmy tried to tell us, Uncle Jimmy tried to tell us the yet to be United States. What does it mean to be black and conscious in America? It's to live in a state of constant state of rage. Like, so for me to say I'm surprised is to lie to you. But to say, you know, like, you take more seriously my ovaries than black bodies in the street, than gun violence. I'm a former teacher. Then you care about educating folk. Again, I like to hate to say I was surprised. But I'm black and I'm conscious and I'm educated and I live in a kind of state of rage in America. And so, ain't fooled by who y'all are, but I'm saddened. That you are just this unethical. So 
There I am. I'm sorry. There, there I am with my feelings. Well, you have great feelings, and <laughs> um, those feelings are, are are to be recognized. And we see you. I live also in Washington D.C., and my office is about six blocks from the Supreme Court, and it has been mayhem. It's like a of of war going on in Washington with all of the military and the officers, the police officers in D.C., they have um, sent over to that area. But I think that what happens when um, Justice Roberts stated that um, the decision is only about Roe, no, this decision is not only about Roe, but the major piece in this decision from a legal perspective is the decades of judicial precedence that the courts have over disregarded and overlooked. In fact, three justices have clearly demonstrated that their words are built on beds of quicksand based on their flip-flops on the issue. Justice Thomas made it clear by his inference to other laws in the in the decision he wrote that the high court should conceivably insert themselves further into our lives and freedoms by considering and possibly reversing other rights hard won by women and not just women by Americans of African descent. This decision has far reaching impacts beyond abortion rights. Look at this laws protecting contraception, same sex marriages and relationships and, and access to contraception may be in peril. And not only that, you're talking about the Voting Rights Act may be at bay. We're talking about other rights that impact America, the Civil Rights Act that impact Americans of African descent. This is major when the highest court in the land disregards judicial precedents. And as, as you stated, Dr. Deese, this law has been in effect as long as you've been alive. It's been effect, in effect for 50, 50 years, which means it was in effect 15 years of my life. I could have been impacted by a Roe versus Wade um, at 15 years old had Roe versus Wade not been in effect. A lot of our legislators um, uh, congresswomen are talking about how they had abortions, uh, some based on incest, some based on youthful indiscretion, some based on rape. Um, and then there are women who talk about having had abortions because it was life-threatening. The parameters that they have put on these new laws is unconscionable. And, 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 and change is already here. I think changes everybody here is, is and, where, and I, what next? And I think, and I think that's, that's probably what's, what's more problem that you overturn the law, but you put no parentheses in it. You put no semicolon and say, but, or but, you can have an abortion if, or there's no abortions, but if you're right, but if there's incest, if there is a case where the woman might die, I think that's, you know, we've got in a time. It's like we witnessed. 
Everybody who went, went to Mary knows the story of the council of Elijah. When people went to sleep one night and Jesus woke up and we woke up and Jesus was perfect. That's what we went to sleep. We went to sleep one night and women's bodies were first class citizens. And, and black women, we can't even say that because we are margins of margins. So you didn't go to sleep first class citizens. Don't ever lie to yourself. You went to sleep as a second class citizen and then you woke up as a fourth class citizen that day. They don't lie to yourself. So, you know, we went to sleep as third class citizens. <laughs> whatever day that was, what, June 24th, and on the 25th, we woke up, or the 24th, whatever night, was, 23rd, and we woke up as fourth, as fifth class lit citizens. That's crazy, because there's no parameters. Because when they did Gallup polls, people might not have believed in abortion, abortion, but they believed in abortions when incest or rape happened. What are you saying? Ethically and morally, about people bringing children, children into the world, you don't want, want them, and you don't want to die. Just let them yeah. put it on the mm -hmm. and all you have to do for their plates is just open up the box. Well, let me let me to uh, this extent. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm as has been said, I'm being a grandmother and everything else, but. I believe that this decision in Roe is simply the beginning of extreme, an extreme Republican agenda to take away different freedoms from all of us, particularly the Americans of African descent. Racism, we're talking about critical race theory. We need to be talking about critical racism. Forget about the theory. We already are in a place where it is impacting us. And we know that the Republicans are definitely not for Americans of African descent. We know this. And for this law to have been overturned, it was not just a leak. There was no leak. They knew exactly what they were doing. They were trying to get the people ready so that it wouldn't be even more of a, a massive uh, uprising, uh, uh, insurrection, if you will. Um, but this particular issue, and I'm, I'm going to just step out in this regard. If you look at the people that are standing, I, I, I rode, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia now, I live in Washington, D.C., as I've said, and I rode by the state capitol, and they're just um, um, Caucasian women basically out there. If you go in Washington, D.C., they're basically Caucasian individuals there. And, and so we're saying that uh, as American as women of African descent, initially we were saying, well, this really isn't our battle. There are other things that they're coming for us for. Um, and there are other things that they're coming for us there for. But now, if you look at the news media reports, they're all saying that Roe versus Wade is going to impact women of color more than anyone else. Well, how? How, how, how much more will it impact us than it will it impact them? Because everybody, we may not have all come over on that amazing grace boat, but we didn't all come over on the Carnival Cruise Line either. But we're in the same boat now. And this is going to impact us. But there are so many other uh, legislative issues and, and so many other laws that could impact us a whole lot more than Roe versus Wade. Because people are going to find a way to make one. As a matter of fact, Washington, D.C. is in the process of becoming a sanctuary city. 
a sanctuary city where women will feel comfortable enough to come to our city, which is not a state, we're taxed without representation, and we pay more taxes than most people in the country. But we're, we're attempting to make D.C. A, um, a sanctuary state, and other states will do that, but the majority of the states that are implementing these laws, because while it is a federal law, it is up to the states to implement this law. Some of the states are attempting to promulgate laws that will state that if you go out of that particular state and have an abortion, they find out that you had an abortion, they can still charge you with a criminal or federal offense. What kind of, I mean, come on, I mean, what kind of mess is this? But do, but do what we have. Go ahead, Imani. Yeah, really quickly, I just think like it is definitely a part of a bigger picture and a bigger plan. I do think this is the this is the start of. I feel like I'm watching America's decline in real time. Um, and as somebody who my first election that I voted in was in 2018 um, to elect Stacey Abrams as governor of Georgia, which did not work out um, because that election was really stolen. It's very disheartening as a young person. Um, and, and the response from the Democratic Party that kind of bothers me a little bit is, you know, yes, go vote, go vote, go vote. I agree. You vote. But we voted and we had a victory. We have um, a Democratic majority in the House and the Senate and a Democratic president. And we're still faced with these issues based on our previous president. And so it's very disheartening um, as a young person. I definitely see the agenda. Um, but I want people to not get confused. Like this is not about religion. This is not about pro-life, pro-choice. This is about preserving white life. As Representative um, Mary Miller from Illinois stated at the Trump rally, it's about it's a historic win for white life because by 2045, white people will become a minority, and in this country of the United States of America, where this the country was founded on the principles of white men for white men to preserve whiteness, that's not something that they're okay with. And so as a result, this is why, you know, they don't want white women to continue having abortions because they're gonna be a minority. And so can Tune I, in can next I, week as the conversation gets even more exciting when we talk about this ruling. We've not been hoodwinked. They've told us from the very beginning of enslavement, of bringing the, the, the Africans to the shores of America, they let us know where our place was.